Hey guys, it's Pastor Jay. Um, today is so different. I, I hope that you've enjoyed worship. I hope that you have enjoyed some of the videos that we played. Uh, we've got more videos that are coming uh, through the course of this message. This message is going to be very different. Um, and so I want you to be prepared. There are some things that we're going to be doing. We're going to be walking around. We're going to be in different locations. And uh, I felt very burdened to do the message this way. This is the most uh, different and unique uh, Easter message that I've ever done. Uh, but these are unique times, and, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to share this message with you today. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to the book of John, chapter 20. And uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 3. Guys, it is a fantastic day. Today is Resurrection Sunday. It is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and how he overcame death and the grave. And today, guys, I want to I take you on a journey. Right now, we are facing things we've never faced before. We are facing troubles we, we've never thought that we would face in America. And there are lots of questions. There are more questions than there are answers right now. But I'm thankful that the Word of God provides some answers and a lot of peace. So if you have your Bibles, I want to read this scripture to you. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was even still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, which was probably John, and uh, the one who Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. At that, Peter and the other disciple went out, and they headed for the tomb. And once they got there, they saw the tomb was empty. Guys, I don't know what you're facing today, but before I say anything else, the good news is that the tomb was found to be empty. Jesus Christ, he lived a perfect life. He came to be a perfect sacrifice for you and I and the sins that we have committed and the sins that we even will still commit in the future. Guys, the good news today, regardless of what your financial situation is, regardless of even what your health situation is, is that our hope is not in this world. It would even be a sad thing if our hope rested in anything in this world. No, our hope is in Jesus and the fact that he is the son of God. He is right now seated at the right hand of the father, making intercession for you and I, even as we speak today. There are lots of troubles in our time right now, but you know what? None of it took God by surprise. None of it took him uh, by surprise. He wasn't surprised by any of it. And so we have peace knowing that God knew, God has gone before us, and he's got a plan. And all we have to do, I say all we have to do, that I don't, I don't, I don't want to minimize what's going on, but what we have to do is trust God's plan. Today's Easter Sunday, guys, and it's different. It's so different. Did, did you ever think, <laughs> this is kind of, kind of interesting, did you ever think that your Easter outfit would consist of pajamas and a cup of coffee? <laughs> Probably not. Most of us, whenever we are preparing for Easter, we go out and buy our kids Easter clothes and we wear some of our favorite outfits, you know, back in the day or even today, that may be a suit and tie or maybe it's your new pair of Converse or whatever it may be. But today is not like that. This Easter is unlike any that we have ever experienced. In the middle of this pandemic, we are at home and we are worshiping. 
And so today, guys, uh, I, I want to be honest with you about some things. Today is going to be very different. It's going to be a different message. Um, it's going to be pretty unpolished in a lot of ways, but it's purposeful because I want us to go on a literal journey today. I want, to, I want you to go through this journey with me to see what Jesus actually did in the earth and what that would mean for us today. Today, as we woke up, uh, or even last week, to be honest with you, my kids had a revelation. They just looked at me, maybe maybe Thursday, and Bellany said, are we going to get to hunt eggs with, with Aunt Kristen and, and Uncle Hunter? It's like she had this revelation like, oh, this is going to be very different. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. She was a little sad. And, and if we were all being honest today, for many of us, there are some sad parts to today because things are so different. But here's the thing, guys. Things being different will be defining for us. You see, it's how we respond to the differences in life. And it's, it's how we respond to, to, to the turbulences of life. It's how we respond to the troubled times in life. That's what defines who we are. You see, even as Jesus was preparing to go to Calvary, he began to prepare his disciples for the fact that he would no longer be there because he knew their response to his departure would be Defining how we respond to crisis will define the depths of who we truly are. Do we truly trust God in the good times and in the bad times? Do we trust him in health and in sickness? Today, guys, I know that we are in a, in a weird place. And I'm not going to minimize that today at all. But I got some good news to share with you today. And so today, guys, I want you to stick with me for a little while. And we are going to take a journey and look at the ministry of Jesus and how that ministry and resurrection relates to our life today. As we start this journey, there are a few things that a few ideologies that I want to kind of do away with first. Today, we're literally going on a journey. Normally, I would be at the pulpit at the front of the church and Right now, I'm in the back of the church at the Connection Center. We're going to go far away even from where we are right now. But before we take this journey, guys, we need to do away with a few ideologies. First of all, we need to understand this right here. Look to your neighbor. If you got somebody in the room with you, say, listen up. I hope you just said that. Get ready. Jesus did not die for buildings. Jesus died for people. I love my building. We, we invest in our building and we take care of our building and we appreciate the fact that it's the place that we come to gather and to worship. But guys, here's the thing. The good news is that Jesus did not bleed out and die for buildings. No, 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 no. Jesus bled out and died for you and for I, for myself. Jesus came to set the captive free. He was specifically coming for you and I. In fact, if one thing we're going to see today is most of Jesus's journey, it took place outside of church life. I have seen more people step up to minister in this season than I have in a long time. And I love it. People are getting out of their comfort zones. I'm telling you, like one thing that I love right now at our church, we've got people calling people weekly. We've had people go pick up groceries for other people. We've had people picking up medications. We've had people praying for others and checking on them and calling them. Guys, I know this Easter is different. I know there are lots of things going on. But what I love right now, the silver lining of all of this is I am seeing the church 
Be the church. I am seeing people care for other people. And I promise you, the Lord is looking down and smiling on you guys. Truthfully, guys, and I want you to prepare yourself for this statement. Truthfully, it would be a sad day if the closing of a building also dictated the shutdown of the church. No, the church is alive and well. I'm seeing people minister all over the place. I'm seeing ministers get creative. I'm seeing deacons reaching out to people who they serve. Guys, the church is alive and well. We may not be able to meet in this building and we may not be hunting Easter eggs today on the property like we normally would. But the church is alive and well. You are the church. You sitting in your living room. You have the spirit of Christ dwelling on the inside of you. You are the representation of the church in the world. Right now, you have the, a, a fantastic opportunity to love people around you, to care for the people around you, to take time to pray over the situations around you. Guys, it is not a bad day for the church. The church is not shut down. We're just simply meeting in different ways. The church building may be empty today, but Jesus and the church is alive and well. I'm seeing people minister like never before. And so before we go on this journey, I want you to put something to rest. The church is not shut down. The church is in full operation. It's excelling. It is hitting on all cylinders. Today, Resurrection Sunday, 2020. It's not a terrible day. It's not a day that we should worry about the church. No, the church is alive and well. Now, guys, let's go on this journey together. All right, guys, we're out here in front of the grocery store. We're getting a few weird looks because we're out here recording um but here's the thing guys all right in times of hardship and tribulation it's important for the church to focus on the big picture all right and so yes today easter is so different resurrection sunday is so different for many of us but we have to focus in times of tribulation on the big picture and what god is actually doing and what we can be doing in this time and so the big, what, what's the big picture on Resurrection Sunday and, and, and what's the current calling of the church? What is God calling us to do right now? Well, you know what? On this journey, first I want to talk about the fact that Jesus came to feed the hungry. Now I know I'm in front of a grocery store and I'm not telling you to go out and spend all of your money on feeding people. But, but Jesus did care, care very much about the physical needs of people. And so the one thing I want to encourage you with today is Jesus sees you where you are. The resurrection reality is that Jesus is alive and he's able to meet us where we are. He's able to meet us at the point of our need. And so I know right now, some of you, you're worried about rent. You're worried about how you're going to feed your, your kids. And, 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 and Jesus understands that. Jesus today, he is thinking and interceding for you. And so Jesus, he came to literally feed people physically. Several times in the Bible, we see where he fed thousands of people all at the same time. But here's the thing. Jesus fed them physically in order to get them to understand that they also needed to be nourished spiritually. You see, Jesus came so that the spiritual food would be provided for. The fact that he is the bread of life. That today our hope is that we have the opportunity to partake in the nature of Christ. Today, no matter where we are and no matter what we're going through, Jesus is there, all right? 
And so Jesus came to feed the people physically. He came to feed people spiritually. Jesus knew that both of these needs should be met to minister to the whole person. Right now, guys, right now, the church has the opportunity to feed people the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even in the middle of darkness and even in the middle of trouble and even in the middle of questions, the church is not shut down. Right now, we still have the opportunity on Resurrection Sunday to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with as many as would hear. And I know our church building may be closed right now, but the church is not. Today, over social media and some people preaching from their parking lots, today, people are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the most important thing is that Jesus sees us where we are. Some of the worst times in life is when we feel as though God has left us. When we're going through trouble and we wonder, is God really there? I need to tell you today, God is right there. God is right where you are. No matter where you are on your journey, no matter where you are in your life right now, I promise you the Bible says that he will stick closer to you than a brother. Whenever he was preparing his disciples for his departure, he said, look, guys, I've got to go. And they said, no, Jesus, we don't want you to go. And he said, look, if I've got to go so that I can send you the comforter, so that the Holy Spirit can come after man in times of trouble. Come on, somebody. In times, that was a motorcycle. <laughs> in times of trouble, the Holy Spirit is there to reassure us and to let us know that God is on our side and that we are not forgotten. Jesus cares for us where we are. He is the hope in the darkness. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And so, yeah, today is different, but Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Guys, we continue on this journey. The next place that we're going to visit is we're in a neighborhood. We're in the middle of the road, so hopefully I don't get ran over. But you see, Jesus, he not only fed people, he didn't just care for their spiritual well-being and feeding them the word of life. He didn't just care for their physical well-being. He came to be among them. That's important to think about. Jesus came to live among the people. He was a wanderer with purpose. He would go through neighborhoods just like this. He would go down the streets and the highways and the byways looking for people because each and every one of us are made with a purpose. You see, Jesus, the focus of his ministry was people and pulling the destiny out of them that he knew was there because the Father had put it there. Jesus was a constant wanderer. He was focused on pulling people in the direction that God had designed for them to go. Jesus, what I love about Jesus, what I love about Jesus is he never delegated himself to lofty positions or distant offices. Instead, he welcomed the less than or what would others would perceive to be less than. He went into every neighborhood, the rich neighborhoods, the poor neighborhoods, the, the what some would deem to be good people and bad people. He went and ate dinner with sinners and with people who were religious. Jesus came for people everywhere. Didn't matter where they came from or what their background was. Jesus came for people. The focus of his ministry was to be among the people. Now, I don't mean that Jesus didn't go to church. It's obvious that Jesus went to church because they let him speak in the synagogue. No, but Jesus was establishing a model that's so important for us right now. I know we can't meet in the church right now, but Jesus was establishing something that's very important that we need to really put into practice right now. 
He was establishing this model that would see the church reach out into the community. For so long, guys, let's just be real. Look to your neighbor say, get real. Don't worry, there's nobody there, but they probably would have thought I was weird if, they, if there was. The church for so long has wanted people come into our building, come into our building, come into our building. What happens when the church building is closed? Well, we're seeing that right now, guys. Right now. We have the opportunity to love our community, to, to leave the building, and to go where people are with safe social distancing, of course. And it's a fantastic opportunity, guys, to reach out to our community. Right now, the bright side of this pandemic is that we are among the people from a safe distance. We have a unique and, and we have different ways to care for people, but it requires all hands on deck. It's a fantastic opportunity for us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Right now, guys, you can go and pick up groceries for somebody. If you're a younger person and you're healthy and you take the proper precautions, you can make a phone call. Hey, Grandma. Hey, 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 Miss uh, Miss Sally May. I, there's not a Sally May at our church. You're 70 years old. You, you've got an autoimmune uh, disease. You've, you've got health issues. How can I be a help to you? How can I serve you? Can I go get some gas in your car? Can I go get some groceries for you? Can I go pick up some medications for you? This is an excellent opportunity for us to love people the way that Jesus would. We can do prayer phone calls. We can simply write cards to people. We can actually live out the Acts 2 church. We can look at the example laid in Acts 2 where the church would go from house to house and prayer meeting to prayer meeting. And, and, and we can live that out right now. I know that, that this Easter is different. I know that it has brought with it many questions. But again, I say to you, the thing that is the same is Jesus. We are still the church, guys. You and your family sitting in your room, me on the other end of this video, we are still the church. And it's a fantastic opportunity for us to love the community that's around us. As we continue this journey of what Jesus did and how it relates to us today, we find ourselves in a place that's very important. We find ourselves in front of the hospital. You see, Jesus came to minister to people. He came to care for their spiritual needs or physical needs. He came to live among them, but he also came to heal their hurts, and he came specifically for the castaways. Over and over again in the story of Jesus, we, we see through his journey that he cares very much about the sick and those who are downtrodden, those who are overlooked. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you feel far from God. Maybe you don't feel good enough for, for the Lord. Let me tell you this. Jesus, whenever he was approached by religious leaders, and he was asked, why are you hanging out with all these dirty people? He said, you know what? I didn't come for the well. He said, those who are well, they don't need a doctor. He said, no, I came for the sick. You know who that is? Man, that's me and you. I, you know, I, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. I have been set free from my sins, but I also understand that I am the sick. I am the one that is in need of a doctor. I never want to get to a place where I forget that I am very much dependent on the salvation of Jesus. I'm very much dependent on him. Right now, we are concerned with COVID-19 that kills the body. But Jesus came to not just heal the body, but to save us from a greater sickness, and that's sin. 
as we continue down this journey with Jesus, we find that Jesus begins his ministry by caring for people's physical needs. And then it begins to transition where he's telling people, look, I know that you're hungry. I know that you have these ailments, but eventually this life is going to run out. And he begins to point them toward their spiritual depravity. Guys, the thing that has not changed today is that we are still in need of a savior. And the blood of Jesus has not run out. No, it's in this time that we need to be spending time asking the Lord, what is our place in this? How can we be ministering to people who are hurting right now? Because right now, guys, in this hospital, in nursing homes, across the country, around the world, real people are dying. And I know there's lots of controversy right now about how this is all should being handled and how it should be handled but we cannot overlook this church real people grandparents brothers and sisters little babies not many they're losing their lives and so right now it's so important for the church to be the church that we continue to engage in online media such as this. It's so important that we continue to check on people and pray for people and do all that we can to get the gospel out, guys. We may not know the cure for the virus, but we do know the cure and the source of peace in troubled times. We all know that this is troubled times. None of us have a bead on the perfect answer. None of us have a perfect solution, but we do serve a perfect God. And on this journey that we're taking today with Jesus, I don't want us to forget the, the fact, and it is a fact, that one day this life will end. One day, guys, we will too be put in the ground as Jesus was. And the hope we have today is I'm praying for a vaccine. I'm praying for answers. But my hope is not in a doctor. Man, my hope is not in a president. My hope is not in a mayor. My hope is not in a police chief. My hope is in Jesus. And I just believe, guys, I believe he's still alive. I believe he's still sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is alive and well. And I believe that as we continue on this journey, we are going to find that right now the church is not in trouble. The church is in a fantastic position to represent the body and the person of Christ. Now we find ourselves in our journey following the focus of Jesus' ministry in a graveyard. You see, ultimately, Jesus' journey would take him to Calvary, where he would lay his life down for you and for I, for the sins of all the world, both that had pre-existed before him and it would exist after him. You see, as we take time to shoot in this graveyard, it may seem very odd, but it was a part of Jesus' journey. You see, as Jesus came to this earth and he focused on caring for people and healing people and supplying their spiritual needs, he knew ultimately he would have to lay his life down. You see, Jesus didn't just come to cover us. No, Jesus came to purify us. The hope that we have today is not that simply we can continue to make a sacrifice to just cover our sin. No, the blood of Jesus washes us from the inside out. And so Jesus, he came and lived a perfect life. He did what you and I could not do. He is the fulfillment of the law. He died innocently. The Bible says he is the Lamb of God that was slain for the sins of the entire world. He died for your sins and for my sins. 
and he was a perfect sacrifice without blemish and he went to the cross they had beaten him to the point to where they could not recognize him they had pulled the beard from his face pulled the skin from his body meat and bone and i hate to be graphic but it was exposed so that we could be purified he was the perfect sacrifice for us and he did it purposefully i've heard it said and i know it sounds kind of cliche that old saying of when he was on the cross we were on his mind i know it's cliche but you know what it's true he hung on that cross and at any point he could have called down legions of angels to take him off of that cross the power of creation was in his breath he could have spoken a word and it all would have been over but he stayed. He stayed on that cross because part of his journey required that he would lay his life down. And so today we are thankful that Jesus, the one who was seated at the right hand of the Father, the one who is co-equal with God, the one who by everything was created and nothing was created without him, he stayed on the cross. He stayed and laid his life down. At the end of the, at the, end of the day, he said, it is finished. The work was done. He had shed his blood. He had lived a perfect life. He had become our sacrifice. And he said, it is finished. And now, guys, we live in a resurrection reality. We live in a reality where we all we have to do is believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, confess with our mouths, admit that we're sinners, and we have the opportunity to know him. And I'll tell you, no matter what virus is going around, no matter where we find ourselves in life, that truth will never change. The truth of the gospel will remain the same to yesterday, today, and forever. Today, guys, our hope is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That there was a sickness that men could not cure, sin. And the blood of Jesus is the cure for that sin. He is the hope of the world that we place our expectancy in. He is good. And so while our journey has now carried us to a grave, the grave is not the end of the story. As we continue on our journey with Jesus and looking at what his ministry truly focused on, the thing we cannot overlook is that Jesus came to be the light in the darkness, the hope of the world. And so today as we sit in front of the church, we need to understand this, guys. Jesus is the light at the end of the tunnel. He is the thing that we're looking forward to. So even in dark times and times of questioning and trying to figure out what our place is in the middle of all that's going on in life, our understanding, our hope is that Jesus is truly the light of the world. In this time, there's, let's just be real, there's lots of things that we have to be concerned about. There's lots of things that uh, could go wrong, that have went wrong. And in this time, this is what I got to tell you guys. It's okay to be aware but let's not be afraid. It's okay to be aware of what's actually happening. It's okay to be aware of what the data is and what the outcomes are. It's okay to be aware. It's good to be aware. But don't let the spirit of fear come into your life. Don't let the spirit of fear dominate your actions. Don't let the spirit of fear dominate your thoughts. Right now, guys, this is my prayer for you. I pray that the spirit of God 
would cause faith to rise up in you. Right now we're working on t-shirts. They're going to say faith over fear. Because at the end of the day, yeah, there's lots of things to be fearful of, but none of them compare to the magnitude and the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. Today, as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, our hope, our, our hope, guys, is in the Lord Almighty. Our hope is in that he came to conquer this earth. This earth is his footstool. We don't have to worry, guys. It's okay to be, be aware, but don't be afraid. I know that you're facing many uncertainties right now. I know that there are a lot of questions for which I don't have answers. I understand that. This is the time where a lot of church people, let's just be real here. Look to your neighbor and say, get real. You can even type it in the comments below. Get real. This is the time where a lot of us want to give a lot of reasons and far-flung explanations on why God is doing this and why God is doing that. Guys, let's focus. Let's let God speak for himself and let's let, let's, let's let the church be his hands and his feet. Let the Holy Spirit be his mouthpiece. But in this time, let's work hard at being the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's find time, guys. I mean, let's, let, let's just look at it this way. It's not time for far-fetched, far-reaching reasoning. This is the time for us to rest in the Spirit of God. I know you guys have got a lot of questions. You've got a lot of, lot, lot of concerns. And I, I heard a fantastic sermon from Stephen Furtick last week. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of steal that. He, he cited a prayer that Elisha told his servant to pray when they were surrounded by the enemy. Surrounded by a whole legion of soldiers. And, or a whole bunch of soldiers. And his servant walked outside and came back in and said, Elisha, we're surrounded. Did that several times. And Elisha prayed a prayer that I'm going to pray over you this week. He prayed, Lord, open his eyes. Help him see. Guys, I don't have all the answers you need. I know I, the, the only answer I have is that my hope is in the Lord. And my prayer over you this week, as you are navigating troubled waters, as we all are, trying to figure out the best way to hold ourselves on social media, trying to figure out the best way to lead our families, trying to figure out the best way to do lots of things. My prayer over you is that God would help you see his perfect plan for your life. There are questions that you are going to have to answer, and it's going to have to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. None of us have all the answers. And so my prayer this Easter over you and your family is that God will give you peace. He'll supply the answers that you need, and he'll give you revelation of how to apply those answers. Our journey has taken us many places today. We've been to grocery stores, we've been to graveyards, we've been in empty parking lots. Now it takes us back to a church that is empty, but that's okay. Because just like the tomb that held Jesus, the church is indeed empty. And so the grave that held Jesus, it was not meant to hold Jesus forever. It was meant to hold life for just a few short days. When I say life, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You see, that grave is empty and, and this church is empty today. But that's okay because Jesus has overcome the grave. And that's the big picture. As I started this journey with you today, I said I wanted us to really look and pay attention to the big picture. The big picture this Easter is not that there's empty church buildings, but that the head of the church, Jesus Christ, is alive and well. I love our church gatherings, and I cannot wait 
to meet with you again. It's going to be a blowout. I'm telling you, we are already planning about all the things that we're going to do. We're going to worship. We're going to, we're going to go crazy for Jesus. But just because we can't meet into the traditional format today, guys, it has not changed the resurrection reality that we live in. It may sound kind of weird. It may sound kind of wild. But I think we can find hope in the empty spaces of life. You see, in the empty tomb, we know it's empty because Jesus had risen. Mary went into that tomb and she said, where is he at? Where have they taken him? You see, she saw an empty tomb, but really there was a space that was full of potential. There was an empty space and it was empty because the gospel had been fulfilled. Jesus, who had been dead, but now he was alive. The religious authorities, they thought they had taken him out. The devil thought that he had won. But Jesus had another, had another plan. He was alive. And so today, I, I know I know that this is empty. And this, this room may be empty. And I know this may feel strange to some of you. But this empty space is full of potential. There may be empty spaces in your life right now. There may be empty spaces that you're not sure how they're going to be filled. But I, I want you to do something. I want you to look at those empty spaces as potential. It's spaces that God has the opportunity to do a miracle in. Today, the church and Jesus, we are alive and well. And so what does that mean for us today? Well, there are some things that will never change. The blood will never lose its power. It still cleanses. It still takes those of us who were lost in sin. It picks us up out of the miry clay. It redeems us and it regenerates us. It takes this old man that was dead in sin and awakens us and causes us to live in a new life. Even to become a new creation, as Paul said. So the blood still cleanses. Jesus is still alive. He is still on the throne. He is still seated at the right hand of the Father. He's still making intercession for you and I. And our hope, whether we are at home or worshiping in a sanctuary is not in a building, but the fact that the tomb is indeed empty. We won't let an empty building take away the reality of the empty tomb. And we will not let COVID-19 take our praise. COVID-19 cannot take our celebration on this Easter Sunday. I wish right now somebody would just praise God right where you are. Because I'm telling you, I'm trying to be subdued right now. But here's the thing, guys. I'm going to worship no matter where I'm at. I don't care if I'm at home. Today I've been all over Greenville and people have seen they've seen me praying. They've yesterday I did a prayer walk and I was talking in tongues. And I'll tell you this guys, people looked at me crazy and that's all right. Because the reality that we live in today guys is I can have church Anywhere I'm at. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered in together, he's in the middle of them. And so whenever me and my wife get together and my kids get together, and where you are right now, you just start calling on the name of Jesus. If you're fearful this morning, you just call on the name of Jesus and he's going to answer you. My hope is not in a building. My hope is in the Lord Jesus. And I don't mean to take away from anything, guys. I cannot wait to worship with you again. But my worship won't stop just because I have to worship differently. No. You see, persecution is happening right now all across the world. Persecution where Christians are losing their lives for worshiping the Lord Jesus. COVID-19 won't take my praise. COVID-19 won't take my worship. COVID-19 will not stop me from 
lifting my head, looking up to the mountains from whence comes my help. COVID-19 will not take my opportunity to worship the Lord. And so today, guys, our hope is not in buildings. Our hope is in an empty tomb. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus. Today is Resurrection Sunday. And I believe that through this whole ordeal, faith is being built. We are seeing God save people even outside of the church buildings. We are, I believe that an awakening is happening right now in America. I believe that on the other side of this, after us not being able to join in together, we are going to not take for granted the opportunity that we have to worship together. This is an opportunity, guys. Today, I've talked a lot about peace. I've talked a lot about hope. I've gotten a little happy about it. But there may be some of you watching right now and you don't have a lot of hope. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you've never asked Him to be the Lord of your life. Today is the day. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Maybe you've given your life to the Lord a long time ago, but today you're sitting under the sound of my voice and you're not sure if you were to die today, what would happen? I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like living with the peace that surpasses all understanding that only flows through the blood of Jesus. If you are far from God today, you don't have to stay that way. Not only do you not have to stay that way, you don't need to live that way. You were created to know God. Everybody's asking all the time, what's my purpose in life? Our purpose is to know God and to make Him known. And so our journey today, guys, has culminated in this place of resurrection. And today, if you don't know Jesus, the spirit man inside of you, he's dead. And it's time for you to be resurrected just as Jesus was, just as the, the, the whole purpose of our celebration today. And so today, if, if you're far from God, whether you need to rededicate your life or you need to put your faith in Jesus for the first time, I want you to comment below and say, I'm putting my faith in Jesus today. I want you to inbox me and let me know. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to bother you. We want to pray with you. We want to celebrate this transition in your life. And in just a few moments, I'm going to pray. And, and all you got to do, the Bible says that you got to admit that you're a sinner. You got to believe that Jesus lived a perfect life and he died for your sins. And you got to confess him as the Lord of your life. If you will say this prayer with me in just a few moments, on the other side of that prayer, if you've meant it in your heart, you will be a son or a daughter of God. And you will have access to peace that COVID-19 cannot take away. Can I pray with you right now? Father God. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for this day to celebrate your resurrection, Lord Jesus. Today we gather together to worship you. And it's different, but we are gathered together digitally with our families, Lord God, and we lift your name. We thank you for the technology that allows us to do this. And Father, as we can get ready to pray over those who need to put their faith in you, God. I pray that you meet them at the point of their need. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit conviction draws them in right now. Father, for those that need hope today, they just need to be encouraged that you've got it. I pray that your Holy Spirit would meet them right now. Now, if you know today that you need to put your faith in Jesus, I'm about to pray a prayer, and I want you to repeat it after me wherever you are. And on the other side of that prayer, if you've meant it in your heart, you're going to be saved. Let's pray. Father God, Thank you 
for Your grace. Thank You for calling out to me. Right now, I admit I am a sinner. I have fallen and I have much to be forgiven for. Father, I admit that I am in need of a Savior. I believe that your son Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I confess him as Lord of my life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Save me. Thank you for your love. Thank you for calling out to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, look, man, I'm, I'm so excited for you if you prayed that prayer today. Right now, there is a party being thrown in heaven, and God is so excited. He loves you so much, and He's so glad to know that you've made this decision. Now, look, if you've prayed that prayer, if you've rededicated your life, comment down below. Let us know that you've done that. Inbox me. We're not going to embarrass you. We want to take this journey with you. Now, with all that being said, guys, today we're going to do something a little different. Every Easter, we do something that is very important to me. We take communion together. Now, I know that many of you are sitting at home, and many of you may not have all of the normal elements that you would normally use in order to take communion. Believe it or not, this is not a new thing. Several times throughout the history of the church, the elements were not available. And so today, rest assured, the important part of communion, the most important part, is the meaning behind it. Today we take a moment at the end of this service to recognize and remember what Christ did for us. So if you have your elements there, maybe you've got bread or juice or uh, whatever it is that you're using, uh, water, I want you to take your elements and prepare them. And I'm going to bless them. And then we're going to take communion. Father, we thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you for the blood of Christ. And as we prepare our hearts to, to take communion, I pray, God, that you check our hearts, that we would take this moment. And if there's any wicked way in us, Lord God, convict us of it. Cover it right now in the blood of Jesus so that our hearts are right and pure. Thank you, Lord. As Jesus was preparing to leave his disciples, they came to what would be called the Last Supper. And at one point in the dinner, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. Take the elephant. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, can we just take a moment? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your body. It's been broken for me. Thank you. Thank you. A little while later, thank you, Lord. A little while later, get a little choked up here, guys. Um, a little while later, Jesus took a cup. And he said, this is my blood. It's the cup of the new covenant. 
the blood that would be shed for you. He said, take and drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, I, I, I know that this is different, but wherever you are, Take this moment, whether you took communion or not, and enter into his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the body that's been broken, and thank you for the blood that has washed us. It's been shed for us, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Guys, it's been a privilege. It's been a privilege to worship with you today. I know it's been different. I hope that you've been blessed by the service. I cannot wait to see you again, guys. I really can. I love you, and I am praying for you every day. I cannot wait to see you soon. You be blessed.